up, everyone? Welcome to episode 28 of the E2B2 podcast. I am your host, Evan J. Thomas, and with me always is... Brandon Thomas. And we have a kind of a double episode coming to you today after just doing episode 27 the other day of Godzilla vs. Kong. Today, we did we saw the movie Nobody last night mm-hmm. with Bob Odenkirk. And in the first segment here, we we're going to talk about the finale and what we saw of the 18 episodes of Freaks and Geeks, the TV show. Yep. So, Brandon and I, the last couple days we've spent since Wednesday together, probably the longest we've spent together since a year and a half ago when we went to North Carolina. Yeah. Yeah, so it's been, uh, what, how's, how's your week been so far hanging out here? So, it's been going pretty good. We've been doing a lot of, like, actual, like, motivate, like, stuff to do that goes outside or does something interesting that isn't just, you know, I play on the computer and that's pretty much about <laughs> it. Or I play on the computer, go outside, just do a walk, come back, and play computer again. So it's more like we've been doing just going to like the gym or doing the Ninja Warrior. Yeah. So and Brandon and I went to this Ninja Warrior park yesterday, and uh, basically what it is, it's a small park mainly for kids, but you know teenagers can do it too. Where there's a couple different obs, there's an obstacle course that you can do uh, timed. Yeah. So you can time it, and there's a bunch of different things you could do and kind of go through it. Brandon did it and actually did it pretty good. But the f- my fun part was I didn't do the uh, the obstacle course because <laughs> there was a line of kids. I was like, I'm not going to do yeah, it. Yeah, they're going to try to cut you. you know? Yeah, I don't want people to cut in front of me. But what I ended up doing, they had a 40-yard dash set up yeah. with two, two lines to run and an actual timer. So... Brandon and I, I think we raced each other about six times, and I think it evened out to about he won the same amount as I did. But the first one, I think, was the most legit race that we had, Mm -hmm. where I beat him. I think I had 668. You had 672. No, No, the first one was where I won, because by like three milliseconds, it was like... Something like that. Yeah, so but it was close. It was really close, but uh, yeah. we. I won, he won, who knows. But we had a lot of fun. Like I said, last night we went and saw the movie Nobody, which we will be talking about in the second segment. And then we also, let's see, the other night we made homemade pizzas. And then we also watched the, um, the documentary about Action Oh, Park. yeah, we watched the Action Park documentary. And actually, this is the second time I've seen it. I thought it was freaking great. What did Brandon think of that? It was great. Yeah, yeah. Had, like there was uh, some of the people being interviewed were funny, and then or like the whatever they were describing was funny, but obviously they got into deaths and all that. And so about Action Park, basically it was a water park back in the eighties that basically was run by a guy who was a uh, total douchebag tool and really didn't take into consideration safety or anything for anyone. And uh, lots of people got hurt. Lots of couple people got killed. And the funny thing is, being in the early 80s in New York, New Jersey, there was a couple places up in Wisconsin Dells that had similar ideas and did stuff. Like uh, they had a water slide called the Plunge, which I did many times. And it would basically go straight down, have a hump. So you kind of shoot off over the hump and then you land back on it and hopefully land on it and then go down the rest of the water. But... Yeah, just watching that documentary kind of <laughs> saw some very interesting things with that. Yeah. So we're going to get into, um, Brandon and I finally finished the series Freaks and Geeks. 
And if anybody doesn't know about the show, The Freaks and Geeks, it's an American teen comedy drama television series created by Paul Figg and executive produced by Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow has done many, many movies. He did Superbad. He did uh, Superbad. (laughs) There's a bunch of other ones that he's come up with. This is 40, stuff like that. The TV show aired on NBC during the 1999-2000 television season. The show follows gifted high schoolers Lindsay Weir, who befriends a gang of slacker freaks, and her younger brother Sam as he and his geek friends navigate high school during the 1980-1981 school year. 18 episodes were completed, but the series was canceled after only 12 episodes had aired. A fan campaign persuaded NBC to broadcast three of the remaining episodes in July 2000, with the rest of them unaired episodes airing that fall on Fox Family Channel. So the rest of it here says the series had appeared in numerous lists of greatest television shows of all time, including lists on Time, Entertainment Weekly, TV Guide, and Rolling Stone. It launched several of its young actors' careers, such as James Franco, Seth Rogen, who you can see in many movies together, Jason Segel, uh, Busy Phillips, John Francis Daly, Martin Starr, Sam Levine, and Linda Cardellini. Brandon, 18 episodes we've watched over the last few months. What have you thought of the series? So, it's I really enjoyed the series because I like it had kind of basically a, most of what or basically almost all of the things I like from like a TV show or a movie where it has like, you know, com- like comedy obviously and then it has like like story relate like story elements like drama. Really good stories. Yeah. Uh, plot line in general like what like it kind of all like came together kind of like there was mo- there each episode had multiple plot lines for like different like two three for different characters, characters. Yeah. and then they kind of like somewhat overlap and sometimes um but they were like great like little like plot uh subplot lines per episode which was uh, i really enjoyed and the one thing i did really like about the tv show in general was the how each episode kind of has an impact on the next episode instead of being like like Family Guy or Spongebob where it's just like... Like a standalone yeah. episode. Where like, it, like it doesn't matter where you watch it, it just, it's there. Yeah, but if gotcha. you... You can easily start at like one of the episodes, but you're, be, you're going to be somewhat confused if you didn't watch a previous episode to some extent. But like the last episode would have meaning to the next episode and kind of like things would progress and characters would develop and all that. Well, here's another little tidbit that Brandon probably didn't know. So numerous actors who starred on Freaks and Geeks would later appear on Judd Apatow's later TV series called Undeclared, including Seth Rogen, Jason Segal, Sam Levine, Martin Starr, Busy Phillips, and Melnick, among others. So we were talking about what else can we watch after this is over. Now we have to find Undeclared. So another cool, really cool thing about this TV show is it really boosted the the, um, the careers of all those actors. Plus, there was a whole lot of guest stars and cameo appearances. And here are just some of the names that were thrown in there. You have Rashida Jones, who has been in uh, The Office. And, um, oh crap, what's the other one she was in? But she's been all over TV the past, like, 15 years or so. Bianca Kajlik, you had David Ketchner, you had Shia LaBeouf, <laughs> you had uh, Leslie Mann. Um, also, Ben Foster, who was in it, he played a, a uh, um, special needs guy back then. They called them retards, but they, special needs. Ben Stiller was in it. 
Jason Schwartzman was in it. There were just a lot of awesome people and characters. And also appearing in it was Mike White. And if you don't know who Mike White is, he is in School of Rock. He was the dorky guy that um, was supposed to be the teacher, but Jack Black ended up taking his spot in that. I like the episode where you pointed out Shia LaBeouf was the Herbert. And it was like, oh yeah, he kind of does look like him for a little bit. So Shia LaBeouf played uh, the mascot who ended up getting injured because what did he do? Fall off of a table. He fell off of a table while dancing. So then uh, Sam, or no, Neil ended up, well, Sam got the gig and then Neil got the gig because Sam was scared and then it was just a whole, yeah. whole hullabaloo. But the original run, I saw the original 12 episodes. I never saw the remaining six. So the last six that we just saw in the past like couple weeks, that was the first time I've ever seen them. So, Brandon, with the characters being based in 1980-81, so 40 years ago. Basically, I wasn't even of age yet. I was six and seven years old. <laughs> um, those stereotypes of those type of people back then, how does that relate to kids nowadays in high school because obviously i went to high school in a different time in the early 90s so it was very similar Mm -hmm. in terms of the different jocks and the freaks and the geeks and the burnouts and you know all those nerds and you got the different characters but how do the stereotypes fit today's society so in the in my school the my high school they you can kind of recognize who could be who or who is who because so you can obviously get the the main group that's like mostly like into sports. Or you get the main groups that's just like you know not into sports or whatever. It's like a lot less recognizable, like in the way that you can be like, oh, he he is definitely like if you look at a group, he, you can't really always be sure if they're like one of the one of the like the stereotype groups, but they're definitely there to some extent. Like it's a little more mixed, and there's a lot more like quote-unquote subgroups or whatever so it's hard to it's hard to it's hard to kind of pin into words but it's like it kind of still applies to some degree basically it does still apply but there's just like different things are just different in like ways how you can see who is who and what about the plots of the tv shows obviously there were 18 different plots there were some really interesting ones like one of the last ones was a character thinking he might have been gay because his um girlfriend was born with both male and female parts but she ended up becoming female and living that way her whole life but he wasn't sure if he was gay so he pulled out a playboy and a playgirl magazine and he was trying to decide which one he went to the girl's side so like how how does that kind of fit with today's subculture as well the uh, plots like how like do the plots kind of make sense mm -hmm. in today's times you it's and if you could apply the plots can be easily applied to like uh, like current things like obviously sometimes the plots aren't like hyper realistic when it comes to like certain things but most many of most most of the time you can easily have like a real life counterpart or real life kind of like plot like that could actually happen to like a person to like the character it could happen to like a real person and to some degree Mm. so in in most cases it seems like the plots can is pretty realistic enough that it can be applied to like real world stuff and brandon if if you were to say who is your favorite character on the show which one would you say 
the the tall one, Bill. Bill is okay. my is one of my favorite, one of the best acted ones in my. Bill was amazing, that's for <laughs> sure. James Franco or Daniel was to me as good, uh, but he seems to play that character now in everything he's ever done. So that really wasn't much of a of uh, a. a, a outside character for him. Now, here's the question. If you were to say which character you would have been in school, who would it have been? Like, which character out of all the main ones? Probably Sam. The short one. You're going to go with Sam? To some degree, yes, but no. Okay, because I I was actually going to say for myself, Sam would have been me. So I was like somewhat nerdy, but I I played sports. So I don't know if that really makes sense because if you think about it, the the TV show didn't have any of the jocks weren't main characters. Yeah. They were sub-characters. So I was kind of like a jock but kind of a nerd. So I was in that middle realm. Yeah, I'm kind of similar the same way but just like... Because I, I do a lot of running at home so it's like I don't always just do like art or whatever. Art and video and production and yeah. stuff like that. So very interesting that we both kind of come up with the same character. <laughs> and yeah, my God, the characters in that TV show are just incredible. So if you have a chance to watch Freaks and Geeks, it's on Hulu, all 18 episodes that they did. And I keep saying I wish they would redo it again, but I actually think they should redo it with the characters being parents of kids now. Like just cameos or something? No, like, like, the, like it based around the parents... Of, like, kids in today's generation, but knowing how they grew up then. So it kind of, it could be interesting. It could be interesting how they did it, but probably probably won't ever happen. So that's segment one. Brandon and I are going to be taking a quick little break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the brand new movie that we just saw last night, Nobody, starring Bob Odenkirk. And until then, we will be right back. So stick around. See you. Christian and Jason bring you the C&J Wrestling Show podcast where the guys go in-depth on all things WWE, AEW, NXT, Ring of Honor, Impact, New Japan, and NWA. Christian and Jason keep you posted on all current events and go in long discussions over wrestling history and look for special guests throughout the year. Get the C&J Wrestling Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and various podcast platforms and make sure you follow the guys on Facebook at the C&J Wrestling Show. Get ready to headbang like your life depends on it. Slow the f*** down. Because you never know. It just might. Who's that supposed to be? Listen to the world's hardest rock metal worldwide. God right. That's all you had to say. Let out all your anger and rage before it consumes you. Gorge Earth, mother... Rock hard with Evan J. Thomas, Thursdays at 6 Central, 7 Eastern. All right, now get your out the car. Hosted on Rock 98.9. Welcome to the E2B2 podcast. My name is Brandon Thomas, and with me always is... Dad. Dad. <laughs> Evan J. Thomas. And we're back with you. We're going to be... Uh, this is episode 28. This is the first time we've done two episodes in a week. Yeah. We actually were talking about possibly doing three, but, uh, you know... We didn't do we anything didn't, on the action park. We didn't do anything on the action park, and we didn't see Justice League yet, the new version. Oh, yeah. <laughs> which was another movie we were possibly going to watch. But we did get in this, uh, this movie last night called Nobody... Starring Mr. Bob Odenkirk, and Bob Odenkirk 
Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. This guy is an amazing actor and he shows his versatility in this movie. Brandon, I don't think, has seen those other two TV shows. Yeah, Breaking not, Bad. Not, re- or, not really much. But um, we're going to talk about our experience uh, with this movie. So Brandon and I went to the theater once again, the same movie theater where we had um, a bunch of douchey little kids. And, <laughs> People kind of... This time, starring... This time, starring the old lady behind us going, ooh, ah, yeah, ee, ee, ah, talking through the entire goddamn movie. Whispering, but some of it talking, but it was a lot of onomatopoeia was being thrown There were eight people in the entire theater, and this lady had to talk, like, through the whole thing. I don't think she's been out to the movies in a year. So people, please (laughs) understand that there are other people at a theater when you go to a theater and they don't want to hear your commentary through the fucking movie. Sorry I swore there, but it was meant to happen because it's annoying when people are talking through the entire movie. I think at different times, Brandon and I kind of both raised our hand and did a little shush. I didn't raise my hand. I I did. You did. But it was like I was... But my God, and, and Brent and I have made this comment before. It seems like it's just older women who do this. Like no unfortunately, offense. Unfortunately, Mom, I love you, but my mom does that. Brandon's grandma does the ooh ah. But ooh, not no. Ah. But it's not as bad. It's 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 not as not as often as this woman did. It was I can every t- I can part. I can tolerate so, some amount yes. like. But, but that, this when was... you're also talking and doing it every scene, no. Yeah, exactly. All right, so we're going to kick into Nobody, the 2021 film. So it's an American action thriller film by Eli... Ilya, let's see, Neishuler, and written by Derek Kolstad. The film stars Bob Odenkirk, Connie Nielsen, RZA, who is uh, in Wu-Tang Clan, Alexei Sibranofizavala, uh, Christopher Lloyd, who from Back to the Future fame, and follows a man who helps a stranger being harassed by a group of men, only to become a target of a vengeful drug lord. Bob Odenkirk and David Leach are among the film's producers. So, already to start this off, it says, follows a man who helps a stranger being harassed by a group of men. Really starts out a little differently other than that. Yeah. So, nobody was theatrically released in the United States on March 26th by Universal Pictures. The film received generally positive reviews from critics who praised Odenkirk's performance and grossed $14 million so far worldwide in like a week. So the plot, Brandon, who do you want to go first or you want me to go first? Mm, I'll go first. All right, let's see. What do we got? Hutch Mansell is a seemingly ordinary man. He has two children with his wife, Becca. Played by Connie Nielsen. Yep. Has an unremarkable job as an office worker and his his father-in-law, Eddie's mental fabrication. Eddie played by Michael Ironside, who is a very... Famous, um, like, badass actor. So, well, sorry. actors are actors. Um, metal fabrication company and generally keeps to himself. The tedium of his life is slowly grinding on him. He and his wife haven't been int- intimate in years. And his son, Blake, has no respect for him as a father. Only his daughter, Sammy, shows him any affection. So the beginning of the movie basically starts out where it's quick cuts and it's like... 
Boom, 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 boom shows on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Monday, his, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. His um, daily life grind where he wakes up, he makes eggs, wait, has coffee. Oh, that sounds similarly familiar. Um, <laughs> <laughs> goes to work, sits down, does his thing, goes home, showers, goes to sleep, and then it starts all over again. And it seems like Tuesday mornings he misses uh garbage, garbage day and then the wife bitches at him and then it's like an ongoing wow. thing so it basically just shows the monotony of what daily life as Brandon and I have mentioned in the past what your average dad or, or common, person common person would do and then the funny part of the whole thing when he comes home one day what does he say to his kid Buddy or something like hey, that. buddy, how was school? <laughs> and that is a little line that Brandon and I make fun of all the time because it seems like what your average American dad does. No, because one time, <laughs> one time you you like you were walking up the stairs and kind of like stumbled a little. I was like, "You okay there, buddy?" Yeah. So we, <laughs> we, we make we make light of that. Yeah. So one night, a man and woman break into his house and hold him at gunpoint, demanding money. Hutch gives them his watch, but then when they try to leave, Blake the son tackles one of them and basically holds him in a headlock. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hutch is about to attack them with a golf club, but at the last second he stops himself and lets him get away. One of the uh, attackers then punches Blake in the face, resulting Blake getting a black eye. The incident causes Blake to drift even further away from his father and everyone in Hutch's life. From his neighbor to his brother-in-law at work asks him why he didn't stop the burglars. Hutch contacts his supposedly deceased brother Harry, RZA is the actor, on a hidden radio in his office and explains that he saw no reason to intervene. The burglars were using an unloaded gun. So the first scene, Brandon, what did you think about that whole thing where, you know, the whole break-in and the attack and the non-doing-anything? I thought I thought my opinion was to just take them out. Take them out. Kick his ass. Hit the person with the uh, golf um, club and hit the person with the golf club. Yeah, hit the attacker with the golf mm-hmm. club. The attacker has the gun, not the golf club. Yeah, no, but he had the golf club. Yeah, yeah. So he was supposed to hit him with the golf oh, club. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. So there. <laughs> so we don't learn about the unloaded gun until. Later. About 15 minutes later when he was talking with his uh, brother-in-law yeah, and said that he saw the bullet, that there were no bullets in the gun and he didn't want any further damage, as he said, to the situation. Yeah. But then, you know, people started ribbing him. Like his neighbor was like, oh, I wish he would have attacked my house. I could have gotten a little workout in. One, two, three, pow, pow, pow. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. People like to talk shit when it doesn't happen to them. But when it does happen to them, like he did, he kind of froze up and just let him go. So, Brandon, are we going to go on to the next part? Uh, sure. When he comes home later that day, Sammy asks her father for help trying to find her bracelet with her, cats. Her kitty bracelet. Kitty bracelet. Yeah, I like how they said <laughs> bracelet with cats. It's a kitty bracelet, as she said. Which Hutch be- believes the thieves took. Without saying a word, he goes to see his elderly father, David. Played by Christopher Lloyd. And borrows his old FBI badge and gun to track down the burglars. He finds their apartment and threatens them. But when he realizes they robbed him to get money to pay for their sick baby's medical treatment, he leaves in shame. The bus he takes home is stopped by a gang of Russian bad guys. Punks. Hmm. 
and Hutch takes out his frustration by savagely beating all of them. That was the beginning of the most one of the most amazing scenes I've seen. Yes. Um, for me, again, the Russian punks, you know, they're going to be a bunch of badasses. There were, what, five of them? Yep. Uh, five of them. There was a girl on the bus. So, so Bob Odenkirk, after leaving the house where he went to to go kind of track down the burglars, which he tracked them down by using a tattoo that he saw and going to different tattoo yeah. places. So he's sitting on this bus in the back by himself, just kind of like pissed off and looking all shitty and because he got beat up earlier in the day. And uh, these uh, Russian punks sideswipe the bus and then jump out of their car, drunk and hammered and everything. And then they get on the bus, and they're sitting there, and then they start harassing a young woman mm-hmm. on the bus as well. So then Bob Odenkirk, um, what's, what's his character? Hutch's character, gets up and goes to the front of the bus, and he turns to them, and he goes, what did he say to them? I forgot. He said something like, uh, I'm going to fuck you guys up. Yeah. And they start laughing like uncontrollably. So the one guy then tries to attack them, and he starts whooping their ass. So th- the whole beginning of this movie, you don't know that he could actually do this because he seems like your normal everyday dad. Yeah. But later in the movie, you'll find out more about him. But this scene went on for a good eight minutes or so. Yeah. With some savagely, savage like beatdowns. Yeah. Both sides. So he gets beat up. He gets stabbed. He gets his face punched. He stabs other people. He cuts uh, dude's throat. <laughs> and then he fixes his throat. What did he do? He cut his he, jugular or something? Yeah, he ch- cut his like, trachea. Uh, trachea. Tra- yeah, he cut his trachea. He put a straw in it so he can breathe. He put a straw in it so the guy could breathe. So they went to the hospital. And like all, nobody died that at least I know of. But they were all like critical or bad condition. We can just assume they died for the death count but we never know they actually never really say what happens we to died. them one of the dude well actually they'll get you later gotcha yeah. so we uh then move on to this harry then sends him to see a man referred to as only the barber who provides hutch with information about one of his victims he is a younger brother of yulian kustanov a notorious russian mob enforcer Although Yulian despises his brother, he feels an obligation to avenge him and sends his crew, led by his right-hand man, Pavel, to attack Hutch at his home after deducing his identity. So Pavel is a black Russian, which um, is mentioned a few times because Hutch says, I've never met a black Russian before. Pavel's like, I, I get that all the time. And, you know, just a couple little jokes about a black Russian. So, there we go. So, Hutch hides his family and kills most of the attackers before Pavel subdues him with a taser and pushes him in the the trunk of the car to take him to Yulian. Finding a fire extinguisher in the trunk, Hutch uses it to blindside his abductors, causing the car to crash and killing Pavel. He returns home, sends Becca and the children away to a safe location, and sets his house on fire to destroy any evidence. That, again, was, to me, an amazing series of events from when he noticed that the uh, Russian people were going to come and attack him at his house mm-hmm. and the whole fight scene and then the car crash and then the house going on fire. Yeah. What What were your thoughts during the, that scene, Brandon? I felt like it flew pretty... Like, it made sense to flow pretty together to go into one scene to another like like that because it kind of just builds off the last scene in a way. Kind of. Just pretty much about it. And uh, a lot about that scene, too. So, 
very reminiscent, and I'm going to refer back to a movie that we see all, we talk about all the time, the John, John Wick, Wick series, series, where there was a lot of, uh, it was one guy versus like 20, yep. or seven, or whoever it was, and he just, various action moves, and stopping guns, and just kicking the ass of everybody involved, um, Obviously, then, like it says, Hutch gets stunned in the neck and gets dragged away, and he pulls out the extinguisher, kicks in the back of the uh, back seat, blows that fire extinguisher to making the car crash. But then when he gets home, some of the um, abductors were dead, but there was, like, one guy that was alive. So he set them all up on a couch downstairs, and he was playing this old kind of uh, Record record player was with... And we'll get into the music part later, but playing some music and it was just a really epic type scene where then he lights everything on fire from the record player and the whole house goes up to kind of destroy all the evidence of the uh, of the of the situation. So, Brandon, let's move forward with right there. It is explained that Hutch, Hutch is a former auditor, an assassin employed by the intelligence agencies to kill people who were considered untouchable or too difficult to arrest. He did his work diligently until one day he let a man he was supposed to kill for embezzling the U.S. government funds go free. Returning a year later, Hutch found the man had built a new life and family for himself, wanting a life akin to his. Hutch decided to retire against the wishes of his superiors, and since then has done everything possible to suppress any memory of his old life. So this is when we kind of find out that he isn't just your everyday man. Yeah. So he is actually an assassin, and that's why he's able to have all these different um, uh, weapons and just actions and stuff that he does in his realm that he could beat the hell out of people and shoot them and stop stuff like that. So that whole thing of realizing who he is I thought was pretty cool because you you didn't see any of that at the beginning, even... At the beginning of the fight scenes, you're like, "Where yeah. did this come from?" Like, and he even says it himself. He's like, "He's like, I'm just, I'm nobody." He's like, "I'm really nobody," and he just comes out and just, he just has this anger towards him. Yeah. That's what you think it comes from. Like in John Wick, he's a again assassin or retired, retired then assassin. Retired. And interesting how they kind of mesh together. Cinematic universe. Cinematic (laughs) universe. So after giving Eddie a stash of gold bars to buy his company from him, Hutch burns Yulian's art collection and the money he was protecting for the mob, telling him that he could either choose to come after him or he could take what he has left and flee. Yulian angrily calls up every man on his payroll and pursues Hutch to the factory, where David and Harry show up to help Hutch eliminate the gangsters using a variety of weapons and deadly traps Hutch had set up. So that whole setup right there, so right after he buys the company from his brother and fa- brother-in-law and father-in-law, Hutch then does, and as Brandon mentioned to me, what movie style was it similar to? I forgot what I said. Uh, Home Alone. Oh, yeah. <laughs> where, where he set up little... Um, Trap thingies around the place so people would get hurt. Yeah, so he set up a variety of weapons and deadly traps that he set up throughout the... Um, the warehouse in case, well, because he kind of figured everything was going to come down to there. So they kill all of the gunmen with the exception of Yulian, who shoots and wounds Harry. Hutch 
charges him with a claymore mine attached to a bulletproof shield and detonates it, killing Yulian. That's cool. I don't think we did a um, a spoiler alert. <laughs> oh fucking well. Um, <laughs> maybe we'll just throw it in there at some point. Yep. So. He lets his father and brother escape and is arrested by police only to be quickly released with no charges filed. Good. So that whole ending scene in the warehouse where there's like explosions and booms and bangs and people shooting and slow-mo action. Oohs and ahs. Oohs and ahs. And, oh, 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 oh my God. Wow. Oh. What, did, what did you think of that entire uh, scene there? It was. I like the act. Like I really like the action and all the effects. Just put in like the, like the mechanics that go into each trap. Like I feel like they were cleverly set up and all the effects and violence were pretty good. So yeah. And that's it. Yeah. Did you like uh, the slow mo stuff that they did? Yeah. Okay. So three months later, while buying a new house with Becca, Hutch receives a call suggesting his services are still required. Oh. In a mid-credit scene, Harry and David are shown driving to an undisclosed location in an RV filled with guns. Meaning? Nobody to. Nobody to. Nowhere. Nobody, nothing, nowhere. Could be the possible name uh, of the movie. Just, just say nowhere. <laughs> so we, we, we are figuring there will be a number two in this. And all right. I think we should just jump into what we think of the movie and our rating, right? Yep. All right, so Brandon, you can kick it off on what you think. So acting, I actually the story and plot first. I feel like the story and plot was really good. Like each the scenes kind of led to another scene, and like you can kind of tie each scene to another scene. Like there's like the first scene where he goes to get revenge because of the kitty bracelet. It like everything kind of roots from that action from just beating up the the couple, and everything just kind of goes down uphill downhill from there. Um, yeah, it was all derived from her going. Place it, I can't it. find my kitty bracelet. But that all. Derived... But what happens? With the oh, kitty he, bracelet. oh yeah, he finds the kitty bracelet in the basement when he picks it up on the floor, like near the couch. Near the because couch, someone had, dropped it because he had the uh, he, uh, the the assassins trying to get him in the house. He saw it on the floor and he goes, "Oh, there you are!" <laughs> and he picks it up, and he basically did all this for no reason. Yeah, but then all of this I mean, started because of a pizza box under a garage that prevented it from closing. Correct. So kind of everything kind of just comes from a dumb thing. Yeah, so keep going with your plot idea or what you were talking about. And I feel like the plot kind of just meshed real well and it had like lots of like, it made sense. Like obviously you could easily follow it and then like things were revealed later in like his backstory and all that. The acting and char characters I thought were really good like Obviously, you don't really get much with like the the mom and the the, the main like the main family. Like they don't. There's not a lot to them, but like the main characters and like the the dad, the the um, Hutch. What was his, what was his name? His Hutch. Hutch. His, yeah. his dad. No. Hutch. And then uh, yeah, Harry was the guy in the voice that ended up showing up in the end. Yeah. So everyone, I felt like those characters, like the three good guys, were. Uh, good, good acted and good played and well made characters. The bad guys, there, there was a few bad guys. I think what was it? What was the black one named? Paddle. Uh, Paddle was. I felt like he was okay, um, but the there wasn't much like substance to the other like Russian bad guys or bad guys in general. 
other than like the uh, the main big boss, the big, <laughs> the big boss with the accent. They must well, be they awesome all had accents. They must be bad guys. They all had accents. So. I, I remember at the beginning when I said when I first saw him, I go, "How much you want to bet he bad guy and speaks with accent?" <laughs> But they, he wasn't bald or wasn't muscular or didn't. No, have a that's beard. right. That was the one drawback a, from that. He was just a businessman. Big boss, which big is boss. A business, the businessman. But he had the big guys around him with the yeah. bald heads and the beards. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, so I thought the characters and acting was really good. Like especially some of the acting was very good. For the special effects and cinematography, I felt like was also really good because they, with the action, they like there was slow mo and then there was like some like good like shots where it was like from certain angles like not even action shots it was like i think you said the phone had like a shot where it was like looking up at him but he was not mm-hmm. straight straight into the phone um and i feel like special effects were pretty good like there wasn't much other than just bullet explosions, explosions which usually tends to be pretty good in action movies anyways and for the action i thought was really good because you get a for me, you get a weird satisfaction seeing bad dudes getting getting beaten up and killed. Yeah, or killed and killed. But like my my morbid, not obsession, but liking of the two family be two people from the family being beaten up, or at least one, one dude. Mostly. Yeah, the dude was the woman wasn't beat up. Yeah, uh, was satisfied <laughs> because he attacked his family. Yeah, and then and then you get the. Um, the drunk, what was it? The drunk, the 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 punks, the, the Russian punks. punks. The, them being beaten up was very satisfying. The uh, uh, the other bad dudes, bad dudes, whereas being beaten up was pretty fine. But they didn't really have much to them, uh-huh. other than big boss. Big boss. Uh, so I thought action was very good. Like lots of they didn't hide any of the action either most of the time. So it was like you know sometimes sometimes movies like cover up action by like. Oh, he kills him, but shoots him behind, like, a wall. And, like, someone dies behind the wall, you don't really see anything, but they didn't really do that. It was it, more graphic, yeah. is what you're saying. Like John Wick. Yes. And for music, I thought... They didn't... They did have their own original soundtrack, but I like how the actual music in the movie was being played into some scenes, like... Like, the record player, like, burning down when the house was burning down. Oh, that, man. That was, that was very so good. cool. And, or the music and, like the party or whatever was played in pretty well so i thought the the music's original soundtrack and the unoriginal soundtrack played in pretty the well placement of the music yeah, yeah. So. and my final rating is a 4.5 out of 5 wow a lot higher than that's going to that's might be a temporary but I'm going to go with 4.5 out of 5 because wow. you can't really find anything wrong with it. You you there's there might be a few flaws obviously the dude takes out 20 people but barely gets shot. I think you mentioned one time before but oh, what do you expect? Well there was the one shot too where um Harry with the gun with the sniper gun yeah. took out three people on one shot. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that but holy shit that was amazing that Three shot thing. So you gave it a four point five. Yeah, I, mostly because I like the action and the uh, like, just kind of the story build up and all that. The backstory. So this is kind of like your type of movie that you like. Yes. Besides like Godzilla and John, Kong. John Wick. Yeah. John Wick. Okay. You ready for mine? Sure. You gotta give it like a one. So Brandon and I have not talked about our ratings, or I mean, we talked a little bit about what we thought of the movie, 
but not a rating. So I'm going to start with story and plot. Um, I thought it was really well done, and especially with the whole story where it starts off where he's your every man, your yeah. every dad. You know, your your suburban dad come home, say, Hey buddy, how was school? That's another and that's, of a dollar. And that's how it happened. That's how it started off, and that's what we expected it to be. He's just this dopey dad who we didn't expect was anything. But then we find out later he's an ass- former assassin and stuff like that. So that was kinda cool with the plot. Um the one part of the plot which I didn't really follow too much is his apparently brother. Harry? Yeah. The guy who was the voice, played by RZA from uh, Wu-Tang Clan, that, I kind of am not really sure where he came from or what his backstory is, but now I'm thinking in number two, you're going to be revealed some stuff there. And also, another thing about this movie, too, the beginning of the movie, the very first scene, Mm -hmm. was the very ending scene. Yeah. Where he was sitting in with the uh, interrogators wanting to know who he was. And he's like, who am I? Well, I'm and then nobody. So there's that. Christopher Lloyd playing his dad, who is a former uh, FBI agent. Hey, wait. That reminds me of John Wick, where it starts with the dude that John Wick's on the watching Really? Yeah. Interesting how that works out. I'm not saying it's copying, but it's... Somewhere. Well, when I first saw the trailer for this movie, and I heard it from somewhere, I think it was on ESPN 1000, one of the guys, uh, John Yurkovic, said, um, this is kind of like an old man's John Wick. And when I heard that, I was like, oh, shit, I got to check this out and see what it's about. Yeah. And Brandon playing with his hair right now is kind of funny. <laughs> but um, but so I was like, okay, that's kind of cool. And I'm like, I definitely have to check it out. So the fact is it starts from the end, goes to the beginning, and then starts through the whole scene of the movie. Christopher Lloyd's character, like I said, FBI agent, I guess he was in the Army, or he was at least in the Special Forces at some point back in the day, and it was even revealed that he was in combat. Yeah. So there was that part. So the the story and the plot and the whole... He his house gets attacked. He goes to the um, burglar's house by looking up the tattoo and going to different tattoo places and finding out who it is. And then finding out that he kind of messed up because the people just did it just for the money, nothing else. But then the whole fight scene and everything at the beginning with the uh, Russian punks obviously then kicked off the whole, you know, kind of protect himself and kill everybody. So that was just awesome how that whole thing flowed. Again, I think Brandon mentioned there was really not too many holes in that story going forward. But we, we'll, I don't think we'll ever know now uh, Julian's um, backstory, but obviously he had money somehow, but now he's dead, so it doesn't really fucking matter yeah. who he is. Bad but, guy Russian. But he was like singing and... Um, yeah. It, it was just weird. But anyway, the acting and the characters. Bob Odenkirk was, to me, incredible with his uh, fight scenes and his character. His character development was really good. Christopher Lloyd was just your old man who then just comes in at the end. And as Brandon Brandon mentioned, the family was just kind of your basic family, your mom, your son, and your daughter. Mm -hmm. And they really had no substance to them at all. Um, The bad guys, Russian mob bad guys, you kind of knew once you saw them who they were. (laughs) I mean, if if you see me, I could be part of a Russian mob bad guy gang. And I'd be killed in the movie, which I have every every 
movie I've ever done or a TV show, I've basically been killed. So, <laughs> so there's a reason for that, and it's usually because what about of the, the uh, the extra in the Batman versus Superman. I I was just sitting on a boat. Yeah, and what about? Well, there's a movie you were in like a party or something. Oh, that was uh, uh oh oh uh, Soul Survivors. I was just dancing in a nightclub. Yeah, but that was, that you, was you were never killed. That was before I had the beard and everything too. Uh-huh. Well, uh, you always had a beard when I was born. <laughs> yeah, so I Funny. did. So special effects cinematography. I loved the slow mo uh, fight scenes and the slow mo shooting scenes. It kind of made everything kind of come together and more just opera ish. You know, kind of slow, dramatic, and just cool um i absolutely love that the action the fights like i said the cart there was not really a car chase but no actually there was there was so i'm gonna refer back to the movie we always so um hutch's neighbor ends up getting this uh old challenger or charger which one of the two i think was a challenger so he ends up stealing it hutch does because he wanted a badass car to drive around in well, that was what John Wick had was a badass car. So, you know, badass dudes have to have badass cars. Why not? So he's driving around, but then he gets the car shot up and uh, crashed and stuff like that. So that was pretty cool. The uh, special effects, like I said, cinematography, the, the actual action shots of um, the guys being shot and killed and the fight and the um, car flipping over and a lot of that. That was, I mean, the end scene to me was just awesome up and down the steps and in the warehouse. Uh, the music, really well placed how they did it and just the way they threw in some of the old um, record slow kind of operatic stuff and then they had, uh, I think they had, who was the song? It wasn't Barracuda, it was one of the other ones. But they played like hard rock music, some classic rock going on during the fight scenes and stuff like that. It was just really well done. Yeah. So my overall numbers Overalls. for this movie. What did Brandon say that he thought 4. I was going to do? 4.5. That's yours. What did you think I was going to do it? I, I, I joked about one. One. I don't know. So this is actually, the, I love this type of movie now. And yeah. this is like, I could watch this movie over. Perfect. I want to see it again, which I will. Heather will be seeing it with me uh, in the very near future. And I can see this movie over and over and over again, just like I can any of the John Wicks and most of what uh, Jason Statham has, which he's coming out with a new movie, too, called Wrath of Man, which we saw the preview of, which we might see. Might. Might see. There was um, another... Well, the preview had, a, like, a space movie or something that seemed kind of interesting. Oh, that space movie with yeah. the kids and yeah. stuff, with Colin Farrell. That looked pretty cool. What was that called? Voyagers? I think so, yeah. Something like that. But anyway, my number, my rating for this movie, 4.5. <gasps> Brandon and I did not talk about our <laughs> ratings before this. And I'm at a solid 4.5. I can't go any higher. I can't go any lower. I just think this is the right spot for this. For me, this is my type of movie. This is what I love to watch. I mean, as much as I like some um, superhero movies and Godzilla and Kong. I like how you looked at the John Wick poster. <laughs> I did look over at John Wick and Reservoir Dogs and Fight Club because all those are easily 4.5s fives. or 5s. Especially, yeah, I mean, all those right there. Joker. Goodfellas, The Crow. I mean, The Crow's probably the weakest of the bunch. I mean, Boondock Saints. Those are the type of movies that I love to watch. 
Reservoir Dogs. I mean, come on. Yeah. Yes. So holy shit. So Brandon and I both give this movie, nobody, a 4.5. Highly recommended to see it. If you want just a badass, kick-ass action movie with fight scenes and killer kill killers getting killed and yeah. bad guys being the bad guys and Russian dudes being bad Russian guys. mafia guys coming in and kicking some ass and getting their teeth beat in and you know stabbed and shit like that this is the movie for you yeah yeah so Brandon what do we got on the agenda for the rest of the day go to sushi and eat sushi we are taking my buddy Rick to our favorite sushi place, because Rick has never been there. We're going to go to Sushi Station this afternoon, probably within the next hour. Yep. We're going to chow the gout. We're going to eat some sushi, come home, and probably take a nap. <laughs> you take least, a nap. Okay, I'll take a nap. You, you always take a nap. Speaking of naps, I was up early. I was up at 5 o'clock this morning. Oh, I'm tired, ooh. man. You said you'd take a nap right after. I did. I took an hour's nap. Oh. It was nice. <laughs> so thank you guys all for listening to episode 28. We're in the 28 episodes already. Yep. Of our E2B2 podcast. What movies are you looking forward to coming coming up? Godzilla. Oh, wait. Godzilla 3. <laughs> no. Well, what, what movie do we keep seeing the commercial for? Quiet Place 2. Uh, and when did it say we finally got a date for it? I looked it up. May 20-something. 28th. May 28th is when Quiet Place yeah, 2 is finally Yeah, was it waiting on to release, huh? COVID I don't know. It's been receive. over a year, so... It was supposed to be out on March 26, 2020, but we all know COVID screwed that one up. Yeah, but then they held it off for a year. Yeah, they did hold yeah, it like off. Yeah, like Godzilla years. still released, and this movie well, still. Yeah, released. just now. <laughs> That's their fault. Exactly. They could have done it. but Oh, well, they did reshoots, so whatever. Okay. Anyway, but yes, thank you guys all for listening to this episode. You can find all of our episodes on the Badass Productions website at badassproductions1.com on the on demand section. Follow be, or follow the E2B2 podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Just search E2B2 podcast. Follow me all over the socials. Evan J. Thomas on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Snapchat. Also YouTube for Badass Productions. And Brandon, where can we find you on Twitter? Paleozoic Productions on both YouTube and Twitter. And Twitter. So and. until next time which we don't even have any clue what we're going to watch, but this was probably one of the most anticipated weeks yep. for Godzilla. Brandon and I in a long time. Yeah. Make sure you check out our Godzilla vs. Kong episode, episode 27, if you haven't already. Like I said, just go to the app, and you can uh, pull up the website and do the on-demand and listen to all the crap that we've ever talked about. Yep. All right, you ready to go jump on and get some sushi? Yep. All right, everybody, <laughs> thank you guys all for listening. Until next time. Keep pimp chimping. Rock on. <laughs> <laughs>